Good morning. My name is Ben. I'm the director of worship arts, and uh, I think every now and then I'll get a chance to preach. We'll see how today goes. Um, but it's an honor to to do this, and I've been looking forward to this, frankly, because uh, I like that maybe you get a chance to get to know me a little bit better, and uh, I get to speak from the heart a little bit instead of just saying. So uh, the first thing I want to do today is talk about something that we've been doing over the last few weeks, but I haven't necessarily addressed or explained why, and that's the whole service order change. Um, basically, what we're trying to do, if I could just talk about it for a minute, is, is present a more worshipful flow. Um, I'm a worship leader, so I feel like my main job on a Sunday morning is to use music to help all of us, including myself, um, prepare our hearts, kind of get through the, the stuff of the week uh, so that we might be ready and willing to listen to God's Word. And so I, I'm always going to want to squash those, the, the, that and the message as close together as I possibly can. And so this different kind of flow enables us to, to do that a little bit better. And, and then we get some of the businessy stuff and announcements and things uh, done in the very beginning of the service, and it helps visitors know what we're all about. You know, within the first 15 minutes, they've heard a song, they've greeted each other, they've seen some of our main leaders and feedback, maybe they've seen a video, and so it gives them a good idea of what they're getting into for the next hour of their life. But if you've got questions about that, uh, please just ask us, and because uh, we're still tweaking it and trying to make it work, and uh, yeah, so we've been talking about the Psalms. We're in a series called Summer Playlist, where we go through the Psalms this summer, and we are focusing this week on thankfulness and praise. And I love the Psalms so much because they're such great reminders of the whole spectrum of human emotions, the whole experience that we go through. And as a worship leader, I particularly like how a Psalm takes somebody in a very fragile uncertain, sometimes angry state. And by the end of the psalm, they're singing out to God like nothing was ever wrong. You know, like, like Sean said a few weeks ago, we don't always allow ourselves to lament like the psalms do. We tend to just jump right into the Christianese and just start praising them whether or not we feel good. And it's not always honest. And so um, I got to experience that last week. I didn't plan for it, but it happened. I was lying in bed with Tasha. That's my wife. <laughs> she, she also goes um, by Natasha. And um, just so you don't think there are two. Solomon's great, but I'm smarter than him in that regard. So I'm laying there and I'm venting and I'm, I'm angry. And I was, I was just... Um, I was a miserable person to be with, and she was letting me know about that. And, um, and, and she says, no wonder you're frustrating right now. You're angry about like 15 things. And unknowingly, I lamented and started just laying out all these things that I was upset about. And it's funny. God didn't strike me down. Now, there was Saturday night, a lot of thunder. There was... Uh, <laughs> There was a power outage, um, but I'm pretty certain this had nothing to do with it. The truth is, I vented, and, and God handled it, and it was fine. 
And I think one of the last things I said to Tasha when I was upset and complaining about everything was, on top of all that, I have to preach next week on thankfulness. (laughs) So that was great. But I came around, and I just want to say, if you haven't taken the time to lament, please do. And um, just know that it's a challenge that's waiting for you, and it's our desire that you find more depth in your relationship with God by doing that. Just feel free to do it. He might cut the power out in a whole city. He might not. He might be okay. So when I was thinking about what to preach about today, Sean gave me a few options, and I thought, well, naturally, I should talk about praise. I'm the, the worship guy, so I should preach about praise. But then I soon realized that I can't really talk about praise until I talk about thankfulness. And then I realized I can't talk about thankfulness without addressing, addressing our entitlement that prevents it. So yay. <laughs> Here's why. A person who's not thankful to God will not praise Him. Furthermore, a person who feels entitled will not be thankful. So that's where we start today. We live in a society that um, preaches entitlement, mostly to get you to buy stuff. If you try to watch something on TV, if you try to watch, even on YouTube now, you have to watch a commercial before you can skip it, or turn on the radio, you're going to find a scenario where somebody's trying to sell you something by using the line, you deserve it, you earned it, it's yours. And it works because what they're saying is if you've earned it and it's yours, that's attractive because then nobody can take it away and nobody can tell you what to do. And that's why we like those lines. Pastor Stephen Furtick says this great quote. He says, gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. Man, that just hits you right in the feelings. It, it, it's true. It's hard to feel entitled and thankful at the same time. Think about getting a favor from somebody. If we feel owed, we're unlikely to say thank you. Now think about if you uh, earned something and something's given to you. There's not really any reason to say thanks. And there's a part of us that kind of likes that. Um, In contrast, if we didn't expect a favor or if we, if we desperately needed it, or we know how much we didn't deserve it, we're extremely thankful. Unfortunately, not only do we act this way with each other, but we act this way with God. So what is it that tempts us to feel entitled toward God instead of thankful? I've got three points. Number one, and these are in your Bolton program, what do we call them? Huh? Okay. I thought somebody said like Smollett. And I was like, that's just a combination of words I think I'm hearing. You're a church plant, so you have a different name for everything. I know how it goes. I've done that before. It's not a program, it's a service guide or whatever. I've got blanks in there for you to to fill these things out. If you're the type of person that likes to take some notes or fill things in, you're welcome. So, number one, we forget who God is. 
We forget who God is. Let's face it, we are so fragile. When things don't go our way, we question whether or not God exists or if He cares or if He's good. We so easily forget who God is. And it leads us away from joy. There's a reason the Psalms repeat over and over again who God is. In Psalm 42, David speaks to his own soul, as he often does, trying to realign himself with the truth. He says in 42.5, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He's got this battle between his mind and facts and his heart and feelings. And he speaks to his own heart and his own soul, almost frustratingly. Now let's take a look at Psalm 107, which is our main text for today, and just see how many times it references who God is. Verse 1, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. So just in, that, just in those eight verses, you can pick out that God is good, that God is eternal, He's a rescuer, He's a leader, He's a pursuer, He's a provider, and He's loving. Now a thankful heart looks at that and chooses to remember that God is in fact good and eternal and a rescuer, a provider, that He's loving. An entitled heart looks at that just the opposite and would say that if you didn't get what you want or what you deserve, then God must be bad, distant, fair-weather, indifferent. That's why this is so important. When we go through tough times in life, we always have the choice to look at who God is with either a, a, a heart full of entitlement, or a heart full of gratitude. It's our choice. What the Psalms repeatedly teach us is that gratitude is the path that leads to God because it lines us up with the facts about who God really is. We forget who God is. That's point one. Point two is that we forget what God has done. This is an awfully easy thing to accomplish. We're so distracted and sometimes we forget who God is because we forget what He's done. If we're not purposeful to remember, we're guaranteed to forget. We have to remember on purpose. This is the reason people built altars throughout Scripture. And more so, it's the reason why after they were used, they left them standing. So that when they passed by or they saw it at the edge of their property, they would remember the celebration and the event that took place there. I've got this um, 
little box. I don't know what it's made out of. It's just metal. I've probably had it for 30 years or so. Actually, I think it's... But um, inside here are all sorts of things. Um, I've got this little wooden bear. Um, I've got uh, this money thing. I don't want to say purse. It's not a purse. It's a... What is... Coin pouch. Thank you. Um, I've got... Uh, I've got this little skateboarder guy. He's made out of pewter. You want to guess where I bought that? Cambria. Yeah. Because when I was uh, 10 or 11, we, we lived in San Bernardino, Redlands area, and my dad was offered a transfer to San Luis Obispo, and we're like, yeah, we'll check it out. Went to Cambria. And I, I got this, and so I've, I've, I've held on to it. I've got, uh, I've got one of the first souvenirs that I bought for myself. It's a, a toenail clipper from Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> is that weird? Um, this is a, a can opener um, that, used, that my dad carried around with him in Vietnam. Now... If I were to list some of these things on Craigslist, <laughs> how much do you think I would get? Not a whole lot. Just enough to make me angry. That's about it. I have a story about this, this little bear and why I've kept it. After my grandfather passed away, um... I bought his old truck from my grandmother. Now, when he was living, I, I wanted to buy his truck from him then. And he, he told me not to because he was always working on it. And he said it was a, a piece of junk. And um, so anyway, he, he, tragically, he passed away. And one of the first phone calls I made after things settled was to my grandma. And what do you think I did? I bought the truck. <laughs> I was helping her out, right? I bought the truck, and I found out it was a piece of junk. <laughs> and I sold it pretty quick after a few uh, repairs. I, I drove that thing all over San Luis trying to find a place that would fix it. Nobody could fix the darn thing. And so I sold it. But before I sold it, I took this off the dash because my grandpa put it there. Now you see why this is valuable to me. My grandfather was a great, great man. A great Christian man that I really looked up to. And it hurt my feelings that someone would drive off in that truck and go, what's this? Because they would. Why would they keep this? There's no significance to them. We've sort of lost that in our modern culture. But we all know there are things in our lives, in our homes, in our closets that hold extreme meaning to us that are somewhat worthless to anybody else. To remember on purpose, it's helpful to take a minute, say thanks, and let those altars stand. And sometimes we have to build the altar. We have to set it aside. What's a pile of rocks for, for some passerbys is an altar of extreme divine significance to others. 
what's a, a, a box of junk to some people is extremely valuable to me. I know that because sometimes I, I get home from work and my kids have found it and spread it all over the floor. And I try not to freak out, you know, like that's all of my stuff, you know. And so I, I try to be gentle and gather it all back in, put it back, put it up on the shelf, and somehow they, they get it again. The third reason we become entitled instead of thankful is that we simply, we forget what we have. And more importantly, who gave it to us. Look at how this plays out in Deuteronomy. In verse 10, chapter 8, it says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. Praise Him for the good land He's given you. Make sure you don't forget the Lord your God. Don't fail to obey His commands, laws, and rules. I'm giving them to you today. But suppose you don't obey His commands, and suppose you have plenty to eat. You build fine houses and live in them. The number of your herds and flocks increases. You also get more and more silver and gold, and everything you have multiplies. Then your hearts will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. The Lord brought you out of Egypt. That's the land where you were slaves. Remember? (laughs) He led you through the huge and terrible desert. It was a dry land. It didn't have any water. It had poisonous snakes and scorpions. The Lord gave you water out of a solid rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert. Your people never knew anything about manna before. The Lord took your pride away. He tested you. He did it so that things would go well with you in the end. Now you might say to yourself, my power and my strong hands have made me rich. But remember, the Lord your God, He gives you the ability to produce wealth. That shows He stands by the terms of the covenant He made with you. He promised it to your people of long ago. And He's still faithful to His covenant today. Don't forget the Lord your God. Even after God does huge things in our life or gives us the talents and resources to accomplish huge things or have nice things, it's so easy for pride and entitlement to sneak back in. We forget what we have and more importantly, who gave it to us. So how do we get past our forgetfulness? How do we get past our senses of entitlement? Well, we get to play a game called the opposite game. We're going to do the opposite of those three things. And we're going to, number one, remember who our God is. Number two, we remember what God has done. And three, we remember what God's given. Remember isn't a noun. What is it? It's a verb. And I hope I'm right on that. <laughs> but it requires action and purposefulness. The antidote for entitlement is gratitude. The Psalms give us a way of living that leads to joy if we follow. They teach us how to turn our knowledge of God our, our recollection of everything he's done and everything he's given us into worship. And like Kevin said last week, we get through the hard times in life by remembering the goodness of God. That's what leads to a thankful heart. But the challenge is, if we don't stop 
and actively remember on purpose, we will not be thankful. Now, as you've noticed, I said I was going to talk about thankfulness and praise, and I haven't talked much about praise. And there's a reason for that. Praise so naturally flows out of a grateful heart. I don't have to talk about it. And the simple answer to all of these questions I've posed today are right at the beginning of Psalm 107. Here's your motivation. It says in verse 2, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Exclamation point. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. That's the core of worship. That's the core of praise for us. Maybe sometimes we don't want to sing and we don't want to praise because we don't know what we're thankful for. We don't have gratitude towards God. We don't feel like he's redeemed us. That might be true. Some of us may not have answered his call. And so we have not been redeemed. But if you have been redeemed, it flows naturally to gratitude. And naturally, you will find a way to praise him. When you don't feel like worshiping God, whether it's through your actions, singing, giving, sharing the gospel, try to jumpstart your heart by following the pattern of the Psalms and doing those three things. Remember who your God is. Remember what God has done. Remember what God's given. I thought this was cool. Put it on the screen. Entitlement says, God... I deserve more from you. Gratitude says, what do you think? Let's put it up there and see who's who's close. God, you deserve more from me. Entitlement says, God, I deserve more from you. Gratitude says, God, you deserve more from me. And from that point, our gratitude will overflow naturally into praise. You won't have to force it. And so for this reason, we do things in a certain order on a Sunday morning when it comes to music. Maybe you've noticed this, but when we start the service, we start with songs that talk primarily about God and who He is. And as the service goes along, we transition to singing to Him. Because we're fragile, and who knows what kind of marital fight you got in on, <laughs> on the drive over? Who knows what kid made you mad? Who knows how terrible your week went? I start at the very basic with every week of worship, and we start singing not to God, because quite frankly, some of us aren't ready to talk to God yet. We start with talking about God, because as a people and a congregation, we need to remember who God is personally and together before we have that thrust to sing to him and to praise him and talk to him. So we do that on purpose. And now, of course, this morning I have uh, thrown a lot of facts out there about entitlement, about praise, about God, about who he is, about what he's done. And so let's naturally stop talking about him now and let's sing to him. Sound good? Okay, let me pray. God, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for who you are.
We thank you for everything you've given. We thank you for everything you are to us. And just acknowledge that, um, God, there, there's difficulty sometimes for us to approach you and not feel entitled and not just come after you to get what we want that day. And God, we pray that um, as a church and as a people that you would help us to have a grateful heart. And God, if we don't have that grateful heart, that you would help us to see why, that you would help us to remember by, by studying who you are and what you've done in our lives and what you've done in this church. God, we, um, we uh, sing to you now in response to everything that you are. Amen.